0: Good morning, morning can you hear me? Oh, morning Steve. Everyone else awake? Yeah, yeah you are now, aren't you? <laughs> uh, just quick check, now sun's out, how many people are wearing shorts this morning? I oh, am. Yeah. Very impressive. Steve, is, I saw a few of you, come on, don't be shy, put your hands up if you're wearing shorts. Yeah, of three of you. Okay, I think I need to get in that mood as well. Right, anyway, so... Chris has asked me to speak today, I'm just make sure that's echoing, brilliant, so um, I'm going to speak today um, on the story of and Thomas, uh, but just to kind of back up a little bit, last week we uh, celebrated Easter, uh, the Jesus rising from the dead and this fantastic celebration, you know, this kind of uh, great and pivotal claim of the Christian faith, of resurrection, but have you ever wondered what would it actually be like if someone actually came back from the dead? Now, I, I heard of this wonderful story. I heard of this wonderful story um, of uh, sorry. I heard of this wonderful story of a guy who, um, who had a dog and, he's, um, ne- and one day his dog came back from next door with next door 's bunny rabbit in his mouth, and he's like, "Oh no, what am I going to do?" not only is my neighbour going to be furious at me he's going to be furious at my dog I'm in absolute trouble I need to do something about this I need to do something desperately and so he just he thought for a few moments and he thought I know, I've got the perfect plan and so he kind of took the rabbit out of the dog's mouth very gruesome uh, and ran upstairs and, and proceeded to kind of wash the rabbit down and he started to rinse it clean and got shampoo out and lathered it up it was looking good at this point rinsed it some more got out the hair dryer yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I was talking to Ray about that. He came up with loads of other hair jokes. Anyway, but I found it funny. He got the hair dry and he's blowing it down. And it's, it's looking good. But at this point, is like, brilliant. I've got this sorted. What I'm going to do is I'm going to just go downstairs. jump over jump over into my neighbor's garden. I'll lift up the hutch and I'll just put the rabbit in there. Just prop it up a little bit. And then just, okay, jump back over the fence. He won't know what happened. He'll probably think it died of natural causes. This is a, a sure... Fire win. And so he does just that. He walks downstairs, just checks over the neighbor's fence, makes sure no one's watching, jumps over, lifts up the rabbit hutch, still no one's watching, puts it in there, oh, starts to fall, props it back up. Okay, it's so looking good. Just closes the rabbit hutch, jumps back over. Brilliant! I've got away with it! Yes! It runs into the kitchen. What a success. So a couple of hours pass, just as on cue, if you will, there's a massive scream. From next door's garden. Ah no. And the guy's, okay, I know what I, to, I know what to do here. So he coolly just walks out, leans up against the fence. That thing okay? <laughs> and so the guy goes, No, he's pointing at the rabbit hutch, no! My bunny rabbit! Three days ago it died! I buried it and it's back! <laughs> Thanks. You gotta love that story. So, what, what does it actually mean? What does this resurrection actually mean? I don't know about. I don't know if it's the same for you, but sometimes Easter can can just sometimes feel like another holiday. It kind of comes and goes really quickly. And the idea of the resurrection, you know, it was a nice thing to reflect on during Easter. But come, you know, Monday morning when you're back at work, it's it's kind of like all gone, and you're back to normality. You know, maybe you can tell the story of Easter a little bit more clearly. Maybe you can say that Jesus died on the Friday and he paid for the price of a sin, and you know, in that he conquered sin and conquered the chains that held us. And on the on the Sunday, he rose from the dead and he conquered death itself. But actually, as as I for one, as I go back to dealing with my stuff during the week, as I read the news stories as terrible as they are and as I listen to other people's struggles throughout the week I start to doubt what this resurrection actually means to me today even if it did indeed happen you start to have these doubts and so this is why I love the story of doubting Thomas because what it does is it makes us ask the question if Jesus died on the Friday and he rose from the dead on the Monday what does it mean to us one week later what does it mean to you and me at that point? And so what uh, may begin with a massive uh, series of doubts could actually turn into something, a life, a journey of great faith. And so to do that, what we can do is we're going to start by reading the story. And if you've got your Bibles, so I'm going to read from uh, John 20, verse 19 onwards. And this is the, the story. It'll come up on the screen as well. Uh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, we always give them away for free. Just head towards the welcome desk and uh, someone will be happy to give you one of those. But let me just read it. On the evening of the first day of that week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. and believe Thomas said to him my Lord and my God just out of interest and there's a bit of a a side note here just out of interest who here when you you buy something new or uh, you know have a new toy or a new equipment or whatever a new gadget you sit there and you, you go through the instructions first you read through them bit by bit by bit Okay, and then, and then you, you find out exactly everything you need to know about it. Just out of interest, who does that? Yeah, I knew it was going to be the minority. And out of interest, who tears open the box and just goes for it, flicks it on? Yeah, you guys are crazy, I love that. I'm proud of you, really. So now I am a complete instruction reader. I'm an absolute geek through and through. When I, when I pick up, like for example when I bought an iPhone, I, I didn't even touch the iPhone, for a good hour or so, I sat there and I read through the instructions bit by bit. I wanted to know everything that this iPhone did. I wanted to know everything it had. And after hearing everyone talk about it and hearing, you know, reading the instructions, I was really excited as to what it was going to do. Now I can imagine that Thomas is very much the same. He's spent three years with Jesus up to this point. And he's heard Jesus make many great promises. And there's so much expectation as to what's going to happen. But then Jesus dies and all these expectations, all these uh, hopes and dreams have just disappeared. His life just at that point just completely falls apart. All these doubts start to fill his mind. What does he believe in a complete lie? Was 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 Jesus just making this whole thing up? I mean, is God even real? And he starts to ask these questions. He starts to go in a spiral of doubt. And as I think about that, I think these are familiar questions for me. You know, as we go back to our, na- uh, our normal life, as we, as we you reflect last week on the celebration of Jesus, and yet we go back and things are still difficult, there's still a struggle in our lives. I start to wonder if all these expectations, all these hopes and all these uh, exciting things that I was looking forward to actually amount to nothing. As I pick up the Bible, maybe you're the same. You pick up the Bible and you read these promises, and just something doesn't compute. As you pray, sometimes your prayers aren't answered, and it's like, I don't understand. You start to have all these doubts. You wonder about coming to church, and it's a great time, and you you have lots of friends here, but you're missing something still. It doesn't take long for last week's celebrations just to seem hollow and empty, and to turn completely into doubts. Now I can imagine this is going on with Thomas, as, you know, as the other disciples gather together to, to grieve. Thomas is nowhere to be seen in this story. You know, I, I don't imagine he was out kind of buying milk so they could have a nice cup of tea or something. I would imagine that he was overrun with emotions. You know, there's this, all this, this despair, all this hurt, all this anger, all this disappointment. He's at the point where he's just like, I don't understand, Nothing this, none of this makes sense. And this is a really difficult time. And eventually though, eventually he decides, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go back and see the other guys, see the other disciples, they're probably grieving as well, they're probably having a really hard time, I should probably be there to comfort them. But as he, as he draws up closer to the disciples, draws up to the house... He doesn't find them grieving as he'd imagine. He finds them jumping with joy, jumping with expectation, jumping with excitement. And they shout out to him, We have seen Jesus. And it's just, hold it a second, this doesn't make sense. No, no, we saw Jesus die. You couldn't have seen Jesus. And at this point, you know, he, maybe he has a, a quickening, maybe he has a hope that someone else has seen something, and if only he could see that, but no, this doesn't make sense. And so what he does is he decides to take a step back. I'm not going to do that. Sorry, guys, I am not going to believe what you are telling me. I'm not just going to blindly go along with what you're saying. I'm sorry, but and he says this unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. There is no way. He is just going to blindly follow everyone else. And so he says, unless I see, I will not believe. This is doubt setting in. These are the questions that are starting to bubble up. These are the hopelessness, if you will. For Jesus, or for Thomas, sorry, this isn't like the, the simple doubt that we often portray him as having. This is a real doubt, a real despair, a real concern. He doesn't want to give his life to any more of this. What he needs is nothing less than a real encounter. And as we read on in the story, what we realise is that as Thomas searches for real answers, quite often doubts can lead to discoveries. Verse 26 says this A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. An incredible story. But I've got to be honest, every time I read this story, it actually makes me laugh. All I imagine, uh, going off the point slightly, all I imagine is at this point all the disciples are are kind of cowering the house. Okay, They're afraid of what everyone else is going to think or do to them. You've got to realise Jesus has just been crucified. At this point, anything could happen to the disciples. So here they are in the house, whatever time it is, the lights are turned down low. They're whispering quietly, shh, don't make a noise. And they're walking over, tiptoeing all over the place. It's all quiet. And then Jesus just suddenly appears and goes, Hey guys, you alright? Peace be with you. And then that, that for me just makes me laugh. Just the contrast of that. The chilled outness. Jesus, But the, the key thing to pick out from this passage is that Jesus doesn't just appear to Thomas and say, do you know what Thomas? You doubted. You didn't believe so. No, I haven't got time for you. He actually says, peace be with you. And that peace be with you is an incredible thing to say. That peace be with you is this, this idea of one of the kindest, most generous things that anyone could say at this time. Peace be with you. All peace in all ways and all times be with you. Far from demeaning Thomas's doubts, Tom, uh, Jesus steps in and says the kindest, most benevolent thing possible. What I love about this, what I love about this more than anything, and this is the key point for this whole story really, is that Jesus never expected Thomas to take someone else's word. He wanted him to discover it for himself. Jesus never expected Thomas to blindly believe and blindly follow what everyone else was saying. He expected and wanted Thomas to discover this truth, this Jesus himself, this reality for himself. Thomas had real doubts in Jesus and Jesus met him exactly where he was. Not with massive or great arguments or great uh, convincing words. You know, They often say that people who are, you know, People who are convinced with great arguments can easily be unconvinced with equally great arguments. So, Jesus didn't want to do that. He wanted to come in with a real encounter. You know, it made me think maybe during last week's celebrations, you didn't entirely feel like you wanted to celebrate. Maybe as you've gone back throughout the week, you've kind of felt like you were missing out on something. Felt like, I don't know, just, I don't get it we're celebrating one day and then it's a real struggle the next day and the next day and as you're dealing with your stuff and as you're dealing with struggles, as you're hitting reality, it's just something is missing you know and so many of us have come to to almost feel like we have to hide from our doubts, as if there's some kind of shameful little secret as if if we had doubts that This idea that Jesus just, you know, will say, oh, you know, there's a lack of faith there, so I haven't got time for that. But far from this, far from that truth, was this idea that, or that lie, so far from that lie was this idea that Jesus, or for Thomas, the doubts that he had actually led him to discovering God. The doubts that we have could lead us to discovering God for ourselves. Thomas needed to experience the risen Christ and then Jesus did exactly what he needed he said to Thomas put your finger here, see my hands reach out your hand and put it into my side he met Jesus he met Thomas exactly where he was now for me this, something similar happened in um, November 2003 sorry, could I just grab that drink again actually <laughs> That's very kind of you. Thank you. Something happened for me in 2003. I, just to paint a picture, I came a Christian. Also, I thought in, um, uh, was it October, something, something like that? I prayed a prayer, uh, and I made the decision I was going to follow God. And then in November 2003, the, I was invited to this Eid party. You know, if you don't know, an Eid party is uh, the end or celebration of uh, a Muslim festival called Ramadan. Uh, and I got invited to this by a friend, and it was an absolutely fantastic party. You know, I was so welcomed, I was so loved, I was so received. Everything about them it just made me feel like I was, I was at home, I was with family. And as I got invited into this place and, you know, loved on and given food and everything like that, I met this, this guy who used to be a Catholic and converted to, to Islam. And as he engaged with me, he... He served me, he, he was really kind to me, he told me these incredible stories of Islam. Uh, and it started at that point to question where I was coming from, what I was thinking. And so he, he found out that I was Christian, so he, he decided to share all these arguments against my faith. And he just proceeded to do that, and proceeded to, almost in the nicest, kindest way possible, completely tear me apart. And then just when he'd done that, he carried on with even more questions that he had about faith. About the Christian faith. And he just, it just articulately, just wonderfully, almost completely destroyed my faith in that one moment. I remember coming away from that, and it was the longest journey home I can imagine. And the longest weekend. And as I was thinking, I've made a decision uh, all I can think about is it's a complete lie. I've just been totally tricked into this whole thing. And as I, as I, I wrestled with that, I ended up coming to a burn, which is our evening service on a, a Sunday evening. And I remember sitting there and watching everyone else sing and watching everyone else worship. And for me, something was missing. For me, that didn't make sense. I had all these questions Had all these doubts and everything was tearing it apart, and I had no idea what to believe. And I decided at that point I was just going to pray. I didn't even know who to. I was just going to pray. I was just like, God, whoever you are, I just need to know the truth. I want to give my life to this. I want to give everything I have to this. But I need to know what the truth is. is. It Jesus? Is it Allah? Is it this? Is it that? And as I did that, as I just laid myself before God or sat in that sense and asking God and and seeking God and coming to him with questions, coming to him with doubts Jesus, the Holy Spirit if you will prompted this word in my head just Holy Spirit Now I'd never really heard of anything from God before and this was just like one of the first things just the words Holy Spirit and I thought that's a bit strange and then as, I, as I, I kind of just thought about it and wondered if I was making it up in my own mind the, the band started to sing about the Holy Spirit and I thought, just open my eyes and just to read the lyrics they were saying, singing and as I looked at the lyrics it had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit and this was a, an entirely orchestrated moment this was like, just everything was random and I, I, I was thinking, is this just some random coincidence? And then I realized that actually how I came to faith was through the Holy Spirit. I prayed, come Holy Spirit. And I couldn't explain what happened, but I started to make that decision. And so I did the same thing then. I just said, come Holy Spirit. And as I did that, slowly but surely, just these waves of love just poured over me. This incredible encounter with God. This incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit. With the risen Jesus, if you will just started to impact me. It started to change me then and there. For the first time ever, this wasn't because of what someone had told me or what someone had convinced me was true. For me, this was true because I had felt, I had seen Jesus. The Holy Spirit totally changed my perception that day, totally changed my doubts into discoveries. As I discovered Jesus for myself. And as we look at the last part of this story, and we've got plenty of time, which is good, because at the end of this, I kind of want to, however it's going to work, I want to give people an opportunity to go from those doubt, or that place of doubt to discovery. If that's where you are. If you're not, then it's great. But if that's where you are, if you're in a place of doubt, and you want to discover Jesus for yourself, then we'll see if we can make time for that at the end. So as we look at the last part of the story, we look at this place where we've gone from doubts, we've gone to discoveries. And it leads us to the last bit, which is a defining moment. Verse 27, 28, it says this, And then then he said to Thomas, Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. This is an incredible time where Thomas is having the encounter of his life and Jesus doesn't go, "Way great, this is fantastic. He kind of steps there and just calmly says to him, okay Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Once Thomas had experienced the risen Christ for himself, he had to make a choice. He had to make a decision once and for all. Was he going to doubt what he was now experiencing, now discovering, now feeling, or was he going to make a choice to believe? Now Jesus doesn't have to. Th- Jesus doesn't even give him time to think about it. He doesn't even say, "Okay, go away you know, for a week and come back next week and make the decision." He asks him to make the decision then and there. So Thomas, you had doubts, and that's fine. I- Who would blame you for having doubts if you hadn't seen me? But now you see me, make a choice. Will you stop doubting and believe? Will you go around in a circle? Will you come back next week and be in that place of doubt? Or will you still believe? This is the challenge. And Thomas, in this moment, in this incredible defining moment, makes that decision. He says, my Lord and my God you've got to realize this isn't some pithy little statement where Thomas is going, well, yeah, Jesus, I believe. This is cool. I like this. This is Thomas saying one of the most profound, incredible things that he could say. And this was no small thing to say. This was, if anyone heard him say this, it was immediately punishable by death. This was a profound statement to make, that Jesus himself was God. But this incredible statement that he said, this incredible statement that he said, he cried out with absolute conviction, with absolute belief, my Lord and my God. He didn't care what would happen to him. He didn't care whatever would happen to him again. As far as he was concerned, he had experienced the risen Christ, the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself. This was no longer what someone was just telling him to believe. This was his real encounter, his defining moment. For him who saw Jesus die the week before, one week later, the following Sunday, he encountered the risen Christ for himself. And in that moment, he made the decision that would change the rest of his life. Now, if anyone knows anything about the story of Thomas, it is an incredible story, He went from that place, I don't think exactly from that room, but very shortly after he went on and led the most evangelistic campaign ever seen in the world. He went through the entire Persian Empire, telling people this experience they had had, leading many to have faith and experience Jesus for themselves. He would eventually end up in India where he would change the faith of India. The faith that remains changed. You know, there are still many places, and we go there uh, as a team, as, um, I think it's over there on the board actually, where you don't just see churches built in Thomas's name, you see people's lives changed. People that have encountered the real Jesus. Because Thomas, who himself had encountered the real Jesus, who himself had discovered the real Jesus, had gone out to the world and given other people that opportunity. As he did that, people's lives were forever changed. As he did that, people's lives would be changed forever. He led over and over again people to this risen Christ, to this Jesus, from their doubts to their discoveries, and led them in that defining moment. And so as we kind of think about that now, As we reflect on our last week, or reflect on last week's resurrection, as we think, actually, something's missing for me. Everyone's singing about how great God is, but when's God going to be great for me? When's Jesus going to be real to me? When am I going to stop following what other people are saying? And follow Jesus because I have encountered him for myself. One week later, Thomas did that very thing. And so one week later t- today, we're going to do that very thing too. Crazily enough, I've finished. How cool is that? <laughs> I won't be told off being too long this week. <laughs> so maybe um, you know, maybe this is a good opportunity to go home and, and spend time with the family or whatever, but maybe actually, if you're in that place of doubt, maybe this is a great opportunity to, to move from that place of doubt into that place of discovery. Thomas had that choice and you know he wasn't there the first time that the disciples said we have seen Jesus but he was still there a week later when Jesus came back he was still there asking questions he was still there seeking and Jesus says whoever seeks shall find whoever asks shall receive and whoever knocks the door will be opened to them so maybe you, you would call yourself Christian as I did in that November. But actually you still have doubts. You're still wondering. And questions are fine. You know, we'll have questions for the rest of our lives. But doubts are another thing. Doubts need to be met with that defining moment. Where we make a decision. And so if the band want to come back up, maybe we can just stand for a moment.